Yo, you're here. We're listening. You're listening to a podcast. We're not listening to a podcast uh, right now. We kind of are. Uh, we're figuring out a podcast as it's happening. I'm not listening t- as we go. So uh, just wish us luck. Um, what's up? This is Yosis Racist. Uh, my manager T. And that was Kevin Bartell, producer. And we are here with uh, guest host Tracy Thomas of the Stacks podcast. Yay. Hi. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Um, Tawny is, God knows where Tawny is, just like it could be anywhere. Um, <laughs> she's just, she just, she's just Tawny San Diego, you know, where herself. in the world is Tawny yeah. San Diego? You know, it is it's one of those things where I was like, actually, like, I, have, I truly, I saw her yesterday. We talked about it and I do not remember where she is. So <laughs> there's just a sense she's do she's doing work stuff. Uh, but more importantly, Tracy, how have you been? I've been good. I'm always excited to come back and talk about racism. You know, it's a <laughs> nice departure from the boring world of books is the exciting <laughs> world of racism. Oh, God. That is such a... <laughs> you know, that's what we bring to the table. Just give giving people uh, an opportunity to wallow in the worst shit on mm-hmm. this mm-hmm, earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, I wanted to give you, uh, Tracy, uh, for anyone who's been listening for a while, I wanted to, sorry, I wanted to give you an update, not give oh, you a thing. But uh, for anyone who uh, uh, has been listening for a while or needs a reminder, um, so Tracy's podcast, The Sax, is um, just a great book podcast. And you are a reader in a way that makes me legitimately... <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, I would say jealous, but like a little scared. I'm just okay. the way you churn through stuff. I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> how is this possible? The um, Freddy Krueger of books is what I've yeah, called. You know? Relentless. <laughs> <laughs> just relentless and all consuming. Um, but uh, so, oh gosh, I don't even remember how long ago it was now. A, a while ago. Like a, a fall, maybe? Oh yeah. my gosh. Actually, was I'm realizing purposefully not. Uh, not remembering the length of time because now my accomplishments start to look worse and worse. No, no, no. You're writing. You're working. You're busy. Oh, yeah. Gosh. I, I, it is true. I'm at the point in the TV season where I'm like, I don't want to look at another word on a mm-hmm. page ever. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, you, you gave me a amazing, uh, list of book recommendations. Um, and I, my quick update is I, Cracked uh, the undocumented Americans, um, read the intro, and then like fell asleep to the point where it like hit me in the face and woke yes. me up. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm getting there, but cracked a new one last night. Um, okay. So great, 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 great. Okay, <laughs> things are moving. To hear your thoughts on this one. Oh, okay, yeah. I really, I mean, honestly, even just the intro was like quite nice. Like it's yes. just like like setting up how the book is going to go. Um, yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, did I already ask you? I asked you, how have you been off mic? And now I'm spacing if I ask you how you've been on mic. I don't think you did, but I also okay. don't think people care. Like, what? Like, I'm not going to really, like, go into my life problems right now as, you know, as much as I'd like to. It sort of feels, like, a little icky to do that, like, as people are just on their drive, you know? They're like, oh, let me hear someone vent. But I've been lovely. Things are great. Can't complain. Good, good, good. Given the horrible state of the world, I feel like yeah. things have been going fine to good in my life. And so that is all I think I can ask for these days. Yeah. I mean, just finding a little bit of like, you know, it doesn't, even though the world, you don't have to let the world 
make you miserable even even while being aware of it. Or in my case, simply not being aware of it. You don't have to let the world make you miserable. However, the world is going to do <laughs> everything do it can to try to make you miserable. <laughs> like the last few weeks have just been like, oh man. Like I've been having wild, scary, terrifying dreams. And oh, I'm shit. not really a dreamer, but I've been having like fucked up, closely related to the news type dreams. Oh, sure. And, and it's not my faith. <laughs> Yeah, I've been like waking Jesus. up like, oh, can't go back to sleep ever again. This is a scary place. So thank yeah. you. World one, Tracy's dreams, zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's that's fair. That's yeah. how that typically works. Um, <laughs> we were just saying uh, prior to recording also, this I do remember was prior to recording, which is that though I have been aware, so we're, we're going to do like our newsy type stuff or talk about whatever's happening in the world of racism or just general <laughs> right wing whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I was sort of admitting uh, before we started recording that I though I had a sense that the the January sixth hearing I mean a sense I knew they were happening but I hadn't like actually watched anything or looked at anything and this is where Tracy jumped in right yeah, prior to that. I yeah, have right. so yeah. I wasn't planning on watching I have two and a half year old children so like and we live in California you know so when it was airing it was like prime dinner time for our sure. family but I was like let me just turn this on really quick and I turned it on and it was like right as they had this they made this like documentary film basically in the middle of the the thing and it was so compelling i literally yelled to my husband who was doing dishes i was like you need to come in here and watch this this is incredible um and i i like to think Whoa. of myself as someone who's like generally loosely up on the news but i'm not like a full-fledged news junkie but i'm also not a person who's like january 6th what's that you know mm -hmm. and i watched january 6th live on january 6th i was <laughs> tuned in live to the insurrection and so i thought like oh this hearing is gonna be like stuff i already know i'm not really gonna care like i've i've been paying attention for the last year and a half like i'm gonna know everything this like 10 minute movie that they made mm -hmm. all the audio is like people there the police like internal thing being like I think we need to call this a riot, like scale. And they like have timestamps on it and they're showing you everything as it's happening was so incredible and so disturbing. And it, I legitimately was like, I cannot believe this happened. Like yeah. after having watched it and seen it and like it, it was so bone chilling and like yeah. the white rage of it all was so scary to see it again, like in this way was just incredibly like so visceral and i really want to stress that i went into this being like i'm not gonna care this is gonna be nothing and i right. was like <gasps> i was like yeah. logged on to twitter i was like are other people freaking out and yes other people were freaking out like it was yeah. crazy and then they had these two they're like first two um witnesses this one guy who is the documentarian, the filmmaker right. who was like embedded with the Proud Boys, it's... who was like making a document. He's like a British guy and he was making a documentary about the divisions in America. And he was basically like, we just decided to go because people said we should go. And he was like, as soon as we got to D.C., 
I knew that this was different because we couldn't get into any nice hotels. <laughs> That's how right, he knew right, right. that like January 6th was going to be different. So he does his whole thing. Turns out he's also the fil- the music video director behind that song, Special Delivery. Do you remember that song? It's like, this is what my niggas though. Special Delivery. Do, 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 do. Keep my wrist so blithery. Like, anyways, it's from like yeah. 2003 or I something. I remember it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's anyways, he's the wild. music video director. There's a large sure. delivery truck, as you can imagine. And then uh, they had a woman who is a like police capital police officer, and she tells her story, and it is very fucked up, as you can imagine. And I mean, one of my big takeaways was like somehow the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and all of these white supremacist rage mongers have found a way to make the police almost yeah. <laughs> sympathetic figures to me, which is very hard to do as a black yeah. woman in America. But I was yeah. legit like, wow. I feel bad for I feel bad for the police. Like that That's, must have been hard. And in a month and a week where we're talking about police not going into schools to save children from being murdered, yep. it's really yeah. hard to feel bad for the police. And yet somehow the Proud Boys, congratulations. Yeah. You've done the nearly impossible. I mean, the main problem is that like that's true and compelling, but also the the scary part is just like there the line between those entities is yes. Blurry. Right. Like all the Proud Boys who were there attacking the Capitol Police were just like off duty Capitol yeah. Police and other police officers. So, like, yeah. as I said, almost made yeah. them sympathetic figures. Like, you it's, feel bad for the ones who were on duty that day because, like, that shit was scary. Like, I was yeah. legit scared watching it. So, I can only imagine, even if you're a horrible racist police officer, that it would have been scary. But just the, the idea yeah. that, like, you could make the police seem sympathetic in this day and age. Right, was right. Like, like, what a whoa. feat. Yeah, Jesus. like, okay. Is there an award for, like, most unlikely thing I'll ever feel this year? <laughs> like, like, I think I got it. But yeah, I just thought it was really, a com- I think they, like, put it in the thing that was, like, very interesting, and I'm, I'll be curious to see the documentary on these hearings one day, is right. I want it, like, I know they had a TV producer produce this, like, primetime thing. And they like kept using audio clips from like Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner and like Bill Barr. And it was very true crime podcast feeling. Yeah. Like it was like, we're going to lay out this story and you're going to hear from familiar voices. Then it would be like Ivanka being like, hey guys, I'm Ivanka. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like so produced yeah. in a way that felt like it was the first time I felt like the Democrats, though this is bipartisan, that the Democrats like did a thing that the Republicans would have done. Like they right, packaged right, right. a thing in a way that I like was like, a- this is compelling. And you've like told yeah. a story and it makes sense. And so, you know, good on them for doing something right. Yeah. Though it really is. Yeah. It's a it's, hard uh, time also to be super excited about them. So it's, it's it was it's a really tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just like the fact that this is this is there and yet you know, this, if this, it was capable for them to make a piece of, like, documentary film making this case and still have people like, you know, Nancy Pelosi talking about bipartisanship and working yeah. with Republicans. It's just like, what is it going to take? Like, literally, these people try to literally murder you. So, right. like, they were, like, chanting, like, where's Nancy? Let's yeah. string her up. Which so you can like, hear in the documentary. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just yeah. don't understand, like, what what it will take because now we're past, like, for, like, the Democrats to actually treat Republicans as what they keep saying they are, which is, like, a, you know, racist, white yeah. nationalist political yeah. party. 
Yeah. It's really, it's really depressing. I don't it's know. It's so depressing. I mean, it's something, so but it's, it's yeah. like necessary, but very insufficient that these As far as like happening. a piece of entertainment television, I thought that the hearings were really great. What right. the hearings are going to do, and like, I don't know, I, here's what I do think. And I, again, am very cynical that people who don't know me are going to think that I sound like a naive idiot. I promise you, I've read a few books. I'm not as naive as this is going to sound, but I do think that this felt different than mm-hmm. what I've seen. I don't know if it's, I don't think that people who are like huge MAGA Trump people are gonna be swayed at all. But I do think that there are people who are Republican and maybe voted for Trump and whatever, who will see what what is being shown and be like, hmm, yeah, this is worse than what I thought that it was. And again, I, I don't know that it will change much. I don't know that it will move the needle as far as like 2024. I don't know that Merrick Garland will get his shit together and charge any of the people who were behind this, including, you know, President Trump. I doubt yeah. that. Yeah. But I do feel like they have at least been able to label January 6th like what January 6th was. It which clearly was, like, was. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just being like, it was a protest that got out of control. Like the the documentary guy, the music video guy, he was like, they didn't, the Proud Boys I was with didn't even go to see Trump speak. They went straight to the Capitol building. They yeah. had like coursed it out. They'd walked all the way around it earlier that day. Then we went and got tacos. Of course they did. Yeah. yeah. And then they went back straight to the Capitol. They like skipped going to the little rally. So like, yeah. you know, so like he he laid out information that like i didn't know that i assumed everyone went there and then went to the capitol but like Mm. they had staked it out they knew which entrances were weak like that's a little bit different than what we've been told so anyway so i'm hopeful that there will be some changing in the way people think about it who aren't the people who already think about it in the way that you and i do which is like (laughs) yeah clearly they're lying and clearly what happened happened yeah Yeah. it's just like it why did this take so long and why did they let the narrative go so far to like, oh, it was a protest, good people on both sides, patriots kind of shit. And it's yeah, like, that's the it question. is just wild. Like, I don't know. And, and actually, the, at least for LA, sort of good news, um, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the primary election went, um, I think, mostly as well as it could have. I was sort of realizing, again, I've just been like busier than I realized with work. Well, I realized, but I was like, oh, I have time to do stuff. But and like, I had, I, I usually, want to my inclination is to try to concentrate on local politics because mm-hmm. like you can accomplish something and LA right. is maybe moving in a good direction um especially compared to the rest of <laughs> the country maybe yeah. the rest of the planet um so those results I think in general were positive Rick Caruso didn't win outright and he may not even win a plurality actually or not plurality. yeah they're not still counting plurality. right yeah which is which is great he is obviously a horrible Republican who, yeah. for some reason, the L.A. Democratic Party allowed to become run as a Democrat. And Gwyneth uh, Paltrow, Kim Kardashian, Katy Perry, and Snoop Dogg, huge fans. Yeah. Huge fans. The, the, the world's richest idiots who don't even live in L.A. All, <laughs> yeah, I was like, all they all to. love him. I'm like, what? Yeah. Also, like, I feel like for a certain kind of person, myself included, an endorsement from like Kim Kardashian and Gwyneth Paltrow is basically being like, all I need to know, it's a definite no for me. Like, yeah. I just, <laughs> I get, I mean, again, I'm not the right person for that yeah. thing. Like a goop thing is a nightmare to me. A Kardashian thing is a no. 
I, I was able to shame uh, one of my most ignorant friends into voting mm. against uh, Rick Russo because the night before he'd gone to Katy Perry's show in Las Vegas. Wow. And it was, <laughs> and like, was like, you like, supported him indirectly yeah. there. So now you have to unsupport him. Yeah. Apparently she like, she like, um, yeah, like mentioned Rick Caruso on stage in Las Vegas, which is oh like, oh my god, that's seriously just fucking. How nuts. much do you think he paid them? Like, can I you? Hope. You can pay for a political endorsement, or no? Is that illegal? I th- it. I feel like it must be technically. I guess it can't be illegal because we have no limits on what you can right. do with money in politics. So I'm guessing. Right. It's what, what, but yeah, what is it? Like she becomes a super PAC or whatever. Yeah, like I'm just like, like, what is in it for these people to endorse him? Like they don't, they couldn't possibly like actually like or care about his policies, especially someone like Katy Perry who's like, I pretend to care about gay people and I pretend to care about women and like all these like hashtag resist celebrities who are now like endorsing barely closeted Republicans, like so thinly veiled. It's really, I mean, I, I think what I will say is, um, I do think, like, rich Southern California Democrats hate unhoused people, and that's the main sure. thing Rick Caruso was promising to do is, sure. you know, destroy, un- make unhoused people's lives as miserable as possible. Right. So, But isn't he, is... like, publicly, like, anti-choice, publicly? Oh, like, yeah. He's, that's, like, that's publicly I mean. a lot of the things that I feel like someone like Katy Perry has yeah, staked her entire personality on is, like, I believe in these things. Hashtag resist women. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Like, okay, bitch, yeah. well, he doesn't think that people who kiss girls and our girls should be able to, like, have rights. Yeah. So yeah. how much did you fucking like it? You know? It's Happy really, Pride. How much did you, you like it? <laughs> like, did you like it more or less than voting for fucking Rick Caruso? Do you even, does she even live here? Do we even know? No, I know Kim Kardashian can, does. Can't yeah, yeah. I, I, I think pretty, I'm pretty sure she's a, another like LA County, not LA City person. Got it. So, got it, got it, got it. Um, you know, but yeah, it's really just, well, I mean, I think that's the thing is they, they like rights as much. They like denying people they hate rights more than they like their own rights. Is right, right. What right, a right. lot of how a lot of white folks vote actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's that sort tracks. of that's well. Sort and of the main Snoop Dogg, thing. people were like, I can't believe Snoop Dogg. I'm like, well, he's anti-vax, so like, there's definitely some stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the allies you find there. But yeah, I I think for me also, um, like there was a especially for a odd election with like relatively low turnout, but higher than uh, they reported, especially among younger people. It's looking like um, L.A. just. Uh, the, there were the primaries for city council and comptroller all went uh, like uh, the the left far left wing. Some would say like candidates all did better than expected. Yeah. Um, and it was just like awesome because as as we talked about a while ago, um, you know, on this show when Nithya Raman was running, um, city council members in Los Angeles have a lot a lot of power and really represent a lot of people i think right. i'm trying to remember the back of the envelope thing we we talked about was like it's like sort of similar to the senator from wyoming i believe it's like that the same number of people represented under that like so right. it's a fucking lot and we you know it's cities are dense and it's important to it does a lot to protect people here so i don't know just, just my local politics spiel while we while we live in national politics, the horror show that is that. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. So this year, 
I mean, I always vote. I've not, I've not not voted in an election for a long, long time, like since I started paying attention to politics. And this year, though, I used the Knock LA's voter guide Same. Mm-hmm. instead of like voting just like Democrat, which is what I used to do. Mm-hmm. And because I had like a real come to whatever religious figure you believe in moment yeah. where I was like, I because, OK, I'll, I'll let people know. I voted for um, Gina Viola, Viola. Mm-hmm instead of Karen Bass for mayor. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I like Karen Bass. I support Karen Bass. I will support her in the general. And, you know, any vote that's not Rick Russo counts against Rick Russo. So, like, it wasn't a question about that. But I had this moment of, like, you know what? If I say that I believe in all of these things and my one chance to, like, actually have my voice heard is to vote in the primary so that, you know, if these progressive mm-hmm. candidates get a lot of votes, then that's going to push allegedly yeah. hopefully push Karen yeah. Bass in a certain direction and i feel like a lot of people vote for the candidate that they think can win in the general but like that's not what the primary's for mm-hmm. and so you know i looked through their voter guide i made a few changes here and there there are a few people that i thought were like you know ma- major democratic candidates that i actually like liked um but also it really helped on the smaller level like for the smaller candidates that i didn't know about because there's some jobs i'd never heard of let's be honest yeah of course um and i was like oh this guy like there's like a montessori play school guy and then there's this other teacher related person like this is so interesting but i think i circulated that guide a lot to the people who follow the stacks as well as my friends and family and i really think that like having a progressive voter guide really allowed me to like see what my what I actually think about politics versus what I just am told I'm supposed to vote for. And I wish that more people would take the primary as an opportunity to vote their heart yeah. and like their passions. And then you can vote for the person who's supposed who you want to win in the general in the election, you yeah. know, but it's like, if we want to have, if we want to see more progressives take leadership roles, we have to vote for them. Even when there's a Karen Bass on the ticket, because otherwise you don't like, yeah. you're never going to get, them in office, you're never going to get this opportunity if you're o- always voting for the person who you think is going to win later. Like, yeah. this is well, the time to vote for Especially, yeah. yeah, with, like, Democrats who are, like, you know, have, for whatever reason, um, and maybe not uh, Karen Bass specifically, but just sort of national Democrats are f- obsessed with tacking to the right any opportunity they have. So, right. like... Right. Well, Karen Bass sort of is like that. She's, like, big on police. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not big on police. really unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I will vote for you when it's you and Rick Caruso in November, obviously. But, like, yeah. right now, I don't want to vote for a pro-police candidate. Like, yeah. I would like to just state publicly that I think we should not have as many police officers in LA flying over my fucking house and their fucking helicopters. So let me vote for someone who doesn't believe that, who believes that there should be less of them too. And then we can deal with the actual like practicality and like cynicism of politics in November. But so I I had a great time. I like circled all the people I voted for. I went online and was like, oh, how do my people do? So many of my people (laughs) did good and are going to be on the ballot again. And I was was like, really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Like Green Party people. So shout out to Knock LA because their voter guide was incredibly helpful for me. I my only note for them, and I think I might genuinely take this on as a project for myself with most progressive <laughs> voter guides, uh, which is I know we all, I, I you know everyone loves the writing and the analysis is very important, but uh, I couldn't find one, and maybe I didn't look hard enough that like brass taxed the votes in the order they appear on the ballot. Oh, you mean the you mean the um, the voter I just literally, guide. 
Yeah, I just want a voter guide that is in, you know, because it That's usually like state it's, first, then county, yeah, then or city, whatever, yeah. or it's in like honestly, it felt like they were like written in most interesting prose. Oh, uh, interesting, which is like fair for a piece of writing, but I would love to be able to just click on a thing that yeah. then is like, okay, but if you agree with us, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you know, yeah. we can de- deviate if necessary, but like just like a thing that makes it so like, look, if I'm on your side lower lower the barrier to yes. simply doing exactly what you suggest. Yeah, I agree cuz I did it still did take me like 45 minutes to an hour to like go it through takes everything. Forever. Like, come but on. you know what? It's 45 minutes to an hour for the future of our republic allegedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> According well, but, to but some. <laughs> I think but I think that's the thing is like whatever happens to the republic like, you know, when we all splinter off into, you know, the city state of Los Angeles or whatever. Right, right, right. right. These people are going to be even more important. And and yeah. that's I don't know. I think it's I think that that level of control or feeling like you have some control or influence mm-hmm. on the people closest to you, I think um to me has been helpful. Yeah. politics wise i don't know yeah it's, yeah i, I say I, it all the that. time but yeah yeah I um it. i will make a, a pitch now uh because uh the the mutual aid group that i uh, try to do work with solidarity and snacks um we uh somehow ran are running uh remarkably short of funds so if you're a listener to this and you want to support mm-hmm. um the work that they do in skid row uh, it's just Venmo, Solidarity, and Snacks. Um, you can find them. I retweet their stuff all the time. Um, but yeah, it was one of those, like, we had a meeting and it was just like, oh, shit. Yikes. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, we've been, we've been, we got spread a little thin on trying to, like, up services, I think. Um, so, yeah, but do that and also look into mutual aid near you. I think that's that's the thing. It's, like, very, very doable. Like, this right. isn't, like... It doesn't have to be hard. I mean, there's ways it can be hard, but mm-hmm. really it's just like helping out the folks near you does so much more than your vote really can do once it's been diluted. Um, that's my spiel. Tap dancing for it. I don't know. Please help. Please help yes. the people around you. Um, Wait, can I say this is a total turn, but there's yeah. one more like racism thing that happened this week that I really want to quickly talk about. I don't know oh, if you're sure. up on it. Are oh you a God. sports person? I was no well, sort of. We can talk. We actually um, the, there's an upcoming question where I will talk about my sports part. But I know you are a massive sports person. Yeah. And Did you hear he, about this Jack Del Rio thing? I don't. It's related no. to the January sixth. Oh my gosh! Oh yes, 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 yes. But please yeah. go ahead. So Jack Del Rio is, I think he's the offensive coordinator of uh, the Washington, formerly racial slurs and now the commanders, the football team. And he, I don't have the direct quote, but he was like, you know, I'm all for protests, but, you know, in 2020, they were burning down property and they were, you know, doing this and that. And then when it comes to the dust up at the Capitol, I just think we should be covering these things equally. And those savage darkies were burning cities. He didn't say savage darkies, (laughs) (laughs) but he did call it a dust up at the Capitol. And, you know, it's racist. That's all. And also another sports thing that's slight. It's not racist, but since it's Pride Month, it's homophobic as fuck. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, yes. Or no, the Tampa Bay, not the Lightning, excuse me. The Tampa Bay, uh, Baseball team. Baseball team. Whatever. Uh, what are they? The Rays? Rays? The Rays. Devil Rays. Yeah. yeah. The Tampa Bay Rays, their players decided they did not want to wear pride 
team pride things, you know, like all the teams have like the Dodgers mm-hmm. have their hats that have the pride flag and the Giants have their p- pride flag. And the fucking Rays players decided five of them. I don't want to wear this for religious reasons, because while we don't think anything's wrong with being gay, we just don't support that lifestyle. Right. And I just want people to know that that is allowed now because of the Supreme Court. So just in case you were confused how all of these things are connected, they are connected because the Supreme Court said that you cannot do something because of your quote unquote religious beliefs, even though the government is not asking you to do those things and you work for a private company such as the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. So that is not racist, but it's homophobic and awful. And I'm sure we could find a way to make it more racist if we oh wanted to. Well, yeah. But I think it's horrible enough as is. Yeah, you know? I think it's, but it's also like this, you know, obviously the right wing doesn't actually believe in free speech. They believe no. in, in theocracy. Because it's like the flip side to this is you force the Tampa Bay, like in one side exercising what is allegedly free speech, you are then forcing um, a corporation, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, to continue employing these people, to pay them, to presumably play them, you know. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. And, and that's like, so like their rights are being abridged, but it's just like as long as, you know, homophobia or bigotry of whatever stripe is allowed to shine, that's that's the important thing for quote unquote free speech people. Yeah. So it's big like, day in racism and sports. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, wait. Since you're here, though, is there yes. is there any uh, sports stuff you're excited about? I just feel like <laughs> take well, take the time yes. to change it up for the listeners. Yeah, I am from Oakland, California. I'm a huge Golden State Warriors fan. So mm-hmm. we are in the NBA Finals right now, playing against the very racist Boston Celtics. That's right, <laughs> as you may know, city of Boston, uh, huge of Boston, on racism. Boston, we will be in your city, uh, <laughs> me and Tani, on July 16th. Get your tickets to the Crystal Ballroom in Somerville. Links at suboptimalpods.com. Thank you for the tea up. That's the thing, though. Is anyone coming who lives in Boston coming to our show? You already know. <laughs> they they probably believe it more than than we do. It's just like yeah, yeah truly the most racist place on earth exactly that's not true asterisk i'm sure that's not true no um, but certainly one of the top tier racist major cities in america yes easily. yes 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 um, a, yeah, so yeah world class racism the, yeah i mean it's it's and it's got a lasting tradition of racism in a way that just like it only can be compared yeah. to some of our most top tier racist cities in the south but exactly but i think that the south gets a bad rap because boston is racist as fuck and people <laughs> always are like oh birmingham it's like okay well boston and birmingham have something in common um but yeah so i'm excited about the warriors um i am not excited about the live golf which is the saudi-backed golf league that oh, just yeah. got started no. where they took a lot of the stars because they're basically paying people like millions of dollars to just like if you come in dead last you get a hundred thousand dollars in their tournament um and you also have like a signing bonus it's a whole big thing and all the like white horrible golfers are like i don't believe in crimes (laughs) against humanity however i don't haven't seen any documentation that the saudis are actually doing anything bad and they wrote me a four million dollar check so i'm just kind of confused what the question is um so that's something that i'm not excited excited about in sports baseball is going i don't know you know i'm just watching my sports doing my thing summertime (laughs) yeah that's i I think that's you know (laughs) sports is like many i think entertainments it's like look we all have to be 
we're we're there's and, and look, just entertainment industry in general. It's like you take the the money's tainted always. Yeah. So there is that line, but yeah, this this feels grosser than usual. Yeah, the but. NFL's really doing gross stuff. There's also the whole Deshaun Watson sexual assault scandal. There's now 66 masseuse workers, massage workers who have come Jesus. forward. 66 is a lot of different women. Yeah. For just for like comparison, I think um, Teddy Bruschi, who's like a sports commentator, football player, he said he'd had like six massage therapists ever in his entire career. Right, right, right. Like these yeah. are very famous, wealthy athletes who get massages for their job and they are private people. So 66 feels like a lot. I myself have one, you know, yeah. just as a fancy person in LA. <laughs> this I've is had, a yeah. really fancy person. I've got a total of one. Um, so yeah, that's also another thing that's disgusting in sports. Okay. I think I should stop shitting on sports, but you know, there's no, plenty. I think that, yeah. That's, that's the, the, like both sides of that coin. You can enjoy yeah. a thing and be, and criticize it. And I think that's obviously healthy, but no, I was just like, Let's get a little sports time while Tracy's yeah, here. Sports corner. Know. Yeah. Uh, well, we are overdue for a little break, and then we'll come back with voicemails later in a second. Now. Okay, now we're back. Uh, good luck. <laughs> good luck cutting that one, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Find a place. I don't know. Um... Yeah, let's uh, let's do these voicemails because we've we've been chit chatting through Act One. I have a question. I collect uh, old ball ball baseball caps from uh, historic teams. Um, I recently received a cap from the Detroit Stars, which is a old uh, Negro League uh, team that ended in 1931. It's awesome, super cool, but I don't feel comfortable as a white guy. Uh, walking around wearing a um, hat. And I don't know if it's appropriate. I don't know if people perceive it as some sort of cultural appropriation or just uh, something that's just not for me. So I would like to know your opinion on it. Is it okay to wear clothing from this era? Have a good day. Tracy, are you are you are, are you looking up the? Actual I was looking hat? up the actual hat. Yeah. I wanted to know if it was if it had like you know. Uh, Sambo caricature on it, or if it was just a star, because it was going to change my opinion depending yeah. on what it looked like. I guess that's true. There, there is an element of illustration that is probably. <laughs> oh, it's cool. Yeah, I, I, okay. Well, what do you think? You go first. Well, so I was going to say this is sort of a classic. Uh, our, our listeners overthinking it uh, situation because what you're like supposed to only wear white teams is. Hats yeah. like that's that's not a great solution either. However, I did I and this this uh, is calls back to uh, the thing I was teased in Act One, which is so lately the main sport I have been into is um, the National Women's Soccer League mm. um, has a new team in Los Angeles called Angel City. I've talked about it before. Uh, I have I had to miss a game because of work, but I've been to every other home game. And, you know, it's awesome and it's really, uh, it's been the thing I've been doing when I'm not working, basically. Um, so I've been really enjoying that. And I I wear uh, my Angel City hoodie constantly. It's honestly like for, for a team that's less than a year old, that hoodie <laughs> is in much worse shape than it should be. <laughs> um, so so that that's where I was like trying to tease apart the element that 
I'm sure exists, which is like, when I wear this, there is a little extra spring in my step as a man that I'm sure is like this, like, look at what a good feminist I am Mm. in a way that is probably not cool. Um, (laughs) So, so that, that was, I was like, so I felt like as I was going to say like, yeah, you're fine with the hat. I was like, there's probably some um, selfish vested interest in my answer that I realized I maybe was not (laughs) cool. So that that's okay. my train of thought. Anyway, but go to Angel City Games. They fucking rule. I've been wanting to go. I want to take my kids, so I got to find a game. Um, it's on my list of things to do. However, I've been told that they have no children's Angel City like paraphernalia. Oh, which it's all it's all the LAFC stuff. Because my my neighbor friend who has kids the same age as mine, she had to buy her kids the uh, Angel City or the mm. LAFC hats. Because they didn't have for children. I'm going to do some digging for you. I might be able to find some. Maybe there's some online, but at the stadium. I think there's more online. Yeah, Yeah. at the stadium. But that's still fucked up. Like, hello, it's an an Angel City (laughs) game. Like, can my child have an Angel City hat? Like, am I asking too much? Anyways. um, Okay, here's what I think, dear listener. Mm -hmm. I think that you can wear the hat, whatever. Like, again, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think if you're really feeling uncomfortable about it, do you have any black friends who also are from Detroit or whatever, or like Detroit or into Detroit stars? And like, do you want to just maybe give them a gift and that would make you feel nice because then you were doing a nice thing for someone else. If you're not going to wear it, it shouldn't just sit in the house unworn, unused. Like, it's Oh, that's hat. true. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like, you're just going to hold on to it. Well, if that's the case, I would say give it to someone else who you think would wear it. And if, you are just wanting someone's permission to wear the hat. I think you can wear the hat. I don't think someone's yeah. going to like come up to you on the street and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like that hat right. is for a black team. Like, I don't know. That's pretty. Yeah. That seems pretty unlikely. There is a world where part of what the caller is also feeling is like, not like the appropriation, but just like feeling like, like, um, you know, you're, you're sort of, I guess it is, you know, appropriating some sort of, like, cachet around this Negro League team that uh, you don't fully know much about. And maybe there's a world where it's just, like, fluency in the team and the history of the team or being a fan of it, like, you know, would make you feel, like, not, like, ownership over it, but just to feel more comfortable being a fan um, by being a real fan. Sure, but, like, I don't know. That's, like if you got a really cool vintage band tee of a band that you don't actually listen to, can you wear it? Well, oh, right. No, I, I'm less, I, I'm less saying like for other people to say what I'm, what I mean is like, Oh, he might feel like inauthentic wearing it. Cause he's yeah. not, like, familiar with the Detroit And And I stars. think that, yeah, that fluency might make the caller more confident to wear. It. I see. Well, yeah. I mean, again, if you're not going to wear it, if it makes you feel weird, That's to wear true. It, I think you should yeah. just give it to someone who, <laughs> will wear it or like if it's really that rare and cool of a thing like give it to a museum or something i don't know yeah um but it shouldn't just sit in your house like i have this thing that's valuable and special but i also feel uncomfortable wearing it but i don't feel uncomfortable collecting it because that feels like right it's like even worse right yeah yeah it's very much like i have you know a a piece of a black person from a lynching that i like can't display but like i'm keeping it because it's a valuable like any any piece of yeah any piece of the like yeah just just like the lack of I guess it's, yeah, lack of comfort with it. Like, already hair splitting on, like, what the the analysis of this is worse than, like, either of your two solutions. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I don't know. Good luck. It's a cool hat. It looks cool. I think just wear it. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you just wear it, no, just get yourself to the point where you're comfortable wearing it. And yeah. that maybe will take a little work, but it will be good for you. Um, look at us. Real, real sports advice. <laughs> uh, let's do, let's do another voicemail. So my question is, I was curious to know if having a Nigerian Google accent on my phone when I clearly do not speak Nigerian is that racist. Thank you. I, what does that mean? Uh, I'm guessing I didn't look specifically at Google Accent or Google, but I think it's just that when when you have like, for instance, um, if you, have, you use like Google Maps or whatever, or just any of the services oh, that like a you can, like a like, Nigerian Siri or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I I'm going to just go ahead and assume that's what this. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fucking racist, bro. Don't yeah. do that. Well, so the smarm in the caller's voice, too. Yeah. It was like, you know, there's arguably, I don't know. Yeah, it's just don't clearly racist. Like, why do you want to do that? What are you? Wh- yeah. Here's <laughs> here's a question, though. Or and this is rhetorical, I suppose. But so I did have a friend who changed their um, their. Uh, it was probably whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it the, one of the voices on their the GPS to an Australian accent. Okay. Um, because he thought it was funny. Um, and it really is this like this thing where what you're clearly, I guess it's like the accents of white folks are mm-hmm. not denigrated the way mm-hmm. the accents of people of color are. So I guess right. that's just the line. Well, also to me, I mean, to take it to like a really historical place, the accents of white people are the voices of the colonizer, even in yeah. Australia. You know, like I know Australia is a colony, but also the white people like. Yeah, know, right. It's a colony because like, yeah, someone colonized like it's, it. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's like. It's not even the yeah, yes. You know what I'm saying? There's like the white call. There's like the British colonizers, and then there's like the Australian people there who are also colonizers, but like slightly different people, kind of. But they're not Australian because they were British. Anyways, <laughs> I think yeah. that like taking the voice of the colonizer can be funny. Yeah, I think taking the voice of the colonized less funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if that's the like, I would be so fucking offended if I got in a friend's car and it was like a white dude and he had. Of like black scent thing. Yeah. I would be like, what what's the joke? Yeah. I wouldn't right, be as offended if they had a British aristocracy moment. <laughs> right. I would just be like, you're dumb. Like this yeah. like, okay, cool. Uh, um, but I think if it was like uh like the guy who said like hydra wife, hydra kids, like that kind of like caricature yeah. black voice, yeah, air quotes on black, um, I would be like, Fuck you! Drop me yeah. off. I gotta go. Like yeah. you fucking suck. And I think I that think goes it's, for yeah. all of those. It's it's things. really like so funny what racists think is funny. Right. It's just not funny. But I'm just like, is that that is that really all you got? Yeah. Like that voice is funny to you because your perception of blackness is a joke. I guess. Right. Or like yeah, and like what it what are you gaining from having a Nigerian the Nigerian voice? Like I, yeah. I just don't understand why you would want that. I wish that I could just. Like, I like having the most 
robotic sounding voice. I'm like, don't, oh I don't God, want yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. I know people yeah. have like, I'm like, no, I yeah. just want Siri to like mispronounce my name. You know, I just want her to yeah. be like, just like, like the, yeah. the even robot voice. Yeah. I just I'd want like a it robot to stay voice. AI, very AI, please. Yeah. Yeah. Although I guess I'm sure even, even that has some sort of like, Oh, it's super fucking racist too. It's yeah. like a white, you know, what is like a generic voice. Right. The generic voice, yeah, causes all sorts of yeah. Centering centering this bullshit. Right. But yeah, whiteness. the Nigerian thing is it's not yeah. funny. It's, it's very fucking gross. Dumb, and it's gross and stop. And and it's just like it's so funny when like going through the voicemails, anytime someone calls in with that sort of tone, it's just like You know it's racist. As soon as he so started, I was racist. like, Oh god. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Um, I do wonder what these people, like, how they, why they call in, mm-hmm. you know, that's, yeah, I guess it's their, their little troll. So good, two good jokes, two classic right-wing jokes. <laughs> Nigerian accents are funny and ha ha ha, let's call the, the racism show. Do you ever think though that people like that actually listen to your show and they think that they're like super not racist and then they call it and you just fucking shit on them and you're just like, that guy's a fucking racist and they're like, wow, I thought I agreed and I knew I knew, and I was yeah. doing the work and I just wanted people, to have a funny voice. <laughs> I, I, there are people eternally who surprise, <clears throat> like, Surprise me. I, I, the classic example, this is even, I think, from before Tawny started, is some like racist guy, like, it hit me up on Twitter. It was like, you can't say that about white people. I can't remember exactly what it was. We got into it uh, on Twitter because I had too much time on my hands at the time. And he, it like, in our back and forth, it became increasingly clear he had listened to a ton of the podcast. Oh, wow. Like a ton. And I was like, you are like a racist racist. <laughs> like, why do you do this? And he, it, like, the, and I said as much on Twitter. And he said, like, I don't know, you're like kind of funny sometimes and you got a, you got a good voice. Ooh. And I was like, that's wild. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to anyone. There's mm-hmm. no one that could be charming enough to make me listen to shit that I fundamentally disagree with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as much as this motherfucker had, which was a ton. Like he was just wow. like versed in facts from the podcast that I was like, what do you do? Why? Wow. So, you know what? I don't put it past anyone. Um, but caller, thanks for your listen. No thanks for any other part of your existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's you know, those are that's we got through the the voicemails without going too too uh, crazily long. Um, Tracy, Yay. can you tell people how they can hear hear more of you? Hear, see, read. I guess. Yeah, or hear. you can listen to the stacks on Wednesdays as soon as you finish listening to this. Uh, the stacks is wherever you get your podcasts all about books. Our guest this week is Layla Motley, who's the new Oprah Book Club book pick she's 19 actually it's her birthday on wednesday as you're listening to this she just turned 20 today she's over his new book club pick she's an oakland gal just like me so i really loved her um but there's a huge backlog so wherever you listen to your podcast tons of books to talk about and then you can find me on instagram at the stacks pod where i review every book that i've ever read and i talk about books all the time (laughs) and you can just see me and listen to me on my stories telling you about books and, and again, yeah. can't stress enough, when Tracy says every book she's read, it's 
as as we said at the top of the show, relentless. <laughs> the amazing. thing that's so fucked up is I have so many friends in the book space, like on Bookstagram, on the internet and stuff, who read so many more books than me. Like wow, there's a right. woman I know I who reads always... 500 to 600 books a year. Good. That's like two plus books God. a day. Yeah. How is that possible? I don't know. Because like, I'm like, whenever people are like, how do you read so many books? I'm like, well, it's my job. But I'm like, okay, but how do you read so many books? Because it's also your job. But like, what? Yeah. There's like a limit to the hours of the day. Is it like something that you can like, like triple speed it on a book on tape? Yeah, I go like one and a half to two on a book on tape. But Holy I think some God. people are just fast readers. I'm a pretty slow reader. So like, I just am not reading. A, I just can't get through a lot. And I think some people who are fast readers can. But 600 is... That's so un- many that's books. Superpower. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me. It makes me feel uh, tired just yeah. hearing that. So yeah, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on the stacks, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, s- subscribe, rate, review, join yes, the Patreon, please. all those things. Hell yeah! Absolutely, absolutely, do that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Tony and I are going to be on tour. Maybe we're at a city near you. Suboptimalpods.com, 323-389-7223, 323-389-RACE. Uh, Suboptimal Pods, Andrew T., Tronny Newman, Kevin J. Bartelt. I said all the things that I have to say to end a show almost. Kevin's Check out this today's sub, uh, this week's Suboptimal episode with Andrew and Matt Epideco. They watched uh, <laughs> Chippendale Park Life episode. Uh, it was so fun to listen to while I was editing it and do the watch along. So check that out in the Suboptimal uh, feed. Highly recommend. And yeah, that is that is it. Uh, I highly recommend watching Park Life. I don't highly recommend listening to me. We don't re- we don't release the me. video to this, but uh, there was a moment during this very recording where uh, my Google Chrome refreshed and Chip and Dale started playing in the middle of the conversation about the January <laughs> six hearings. And my you can I think see my pupils dilate in shock. Um, but fortunately, I wasn't sharing audio, so it didn't happen. But oh, thank goodness! I was All wondering right. why uh, that was happening. Exciting for you. (laughs) Just a lot of shit happening. All right. All right. That's that's this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Holy crap. This is it's so nice to talk to you always. (laughs) And yeah, that's it. Peace. This is Suboptimal.